Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, we're talking about the thing we love to talk about most this time of year. The fall festival season has arrived. So why not talk about Fan Expo? <laughs> yeah, we already did our TIFF preview. So if you were like, hey, guys, w- what happened to TIFF talk? Well, if you missed it, we did like a two and a half hour episode previewing uh, the entire uh, 2023 Toronto International Film Festival, which I'm sure we will talk about more on this episode. But yes, today we are going to talk about Fan Expo, both Eric and I. Um uh, and my lovely uh, wife Nevis had uh, headed down to Fan Expo. Went for a couple days, uh, checked out all the booths. We went to a panel. We'll talk about all that. My wife helped produce some stuff for us and like help us go to some things. So um, it was a fun time, and we're going to talk about everything we saw as well as um, what I think is going to be the most interesting conversation is we went to a panel for Cobra Kai. Very on brand. Uh, um, uh, but they weren't allowed to talk about Cobra Kai. <laughs> so, um, uh, we don't talk was, about fight club. We don't talk about Cobra Kai. Um, so that was interesting. Um, and we'll talk about that. Uh, cause I think like that made for a very, it's making for, um, interesting events because there's celebrities are still coming in for things, but they kind of have to dance around talking about anything from a struck company, uh, meaning Netflix, Amazon, Disney, like the major studios, essentially, if they have anything for those studios, uh, they can't, uh, talk about that stuff. So tons of celebrities were there. Tons of panels happened. Signings happened. You could pay to get photos with people. Um, but, uh, we ended up seeing, um, uh, William Zabka as well as, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the karate kid himself. Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio, Eric. Thank you. I was just waiting to get you to participate. I know you're a big Ralph Macchio guy. Oh, and uh, y- Yuji Okamudo, um, who uh, plays his Chosun, uh, was also there. Um, so, Eric, how are you, though, on this fine Sunday afternoon? Man, I'm tired. Uh, we've gone through a lot, uh, w- you know, w- this is inside baseball kind of stuff, but um, we're preparing for TIFF. You know, we're at the end of the Labor Day weekend. Um, this is the best time to record. But like last year, if you've been following along, uh, we, we were too ambitious with our uh, preparations. We were like, oh, you know, we'll start the day early and record a bunch of uh, TIFF reviews and, mm-hmm. and, and curtain raisers and other things that'll kind of get sort of banked but we'll have it ready to go when the time is is right and it'll be us you know um both in audio form and video because a lot of our tiff reviews as we're recording the show um during the festival is is sort of on the fly and we and matt was nice enough to buy these really um beautiful mics that uh sound great and will maybe add a little bit more uh quality to the the experience but still not remove the extra texture of you know the street level recording the on the street yeah yeah it'll 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 still have a little mustard or hot sauce to it um but just in terms of 
where we are now. There's still a, a, a large mountain to climb or to get over. Um, and, you know, we're, we're at that bottom stage still. So, or bottoms, because we just Speaking of bottoms, bottoms, you can uh, listen <laughs> to our bottoms review. Um, but it's also, you know, it, I think it's always fun to talk about this stuff because one, we, you know, we have an affinity for it. We love what we, we, we love what we do. But there is another part of it where it's like, okay, it takes some time. You know, we, you have to find, you know, not only the the time to record, but I think also you have to just be, you have to have that energy, you know? And sometimes you do feel like, oh God, like- Oh, we've already each seen 10 TIFF movies, I think, or more. Um, I yeah. think I'm at 11. I mean, if you minus the half movies that I didn't finish watching, it evens out to be about 10. Um, yeah, we've seen 10 films already uh, for TIFF. We just finished a- Fan Expo. Uh, we've been go, 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 go. But it is my favorite time of the year. It is that end of summer- um, when Fan Expo is here, it always means that TIFF is around the corner. And even though we should be saving our energy for the festival, there's just something about Fan Expo that <laughs> I kind of love doing every year. And, um, you know, Saturday is its own special hell. <laughs> like where <laughs> it's, it's, it's so busy in there. You can barely get from one hall to another. There's just swarms of people. It's hot. It's sweaty. Um, but, if you go on Thursday during the preview hours or maybe later in the evening, or if you go Friday later in the evening, which we ended up being there, um, it ended up being you know pretty chill because it felt like Friday people go during the day and then they leave around dinner time and then you have that nighttime on a Friday evening to walk around. Um, and it was pretty solid. Like um, I, I love going. I love checking out the booths every year. It is kind of you know, that one, two punch with fan expo and TIFF is always exhausting. Like we said, but it, it is a blast. Like it, it for me, I, I used to go and do more panels and I was super into comic books. And, um, I think what's so great about fan expo people watching, seeing the cosplayers, um, um, there's something for everyone there. I feel like, like if you're super into trading card games, if you're super into collecting, if you're super into just brands, if you're a video game person, if you're a comic book person, like fudge and power re- tools. Yeah, yeah, there were a, there is a fudge booth every year. There was a power tool booth. If you want to join the Marines, uh, <laughs> it seems like a strange place to do that at, but Hey, they're there. Um, and I, that's what I mean by like it not being a comic book convention. It's not comic con. It's fan expo. And that fan is an overarching, you can be a fan of so many different things. Like the celebrities that they bring in range, they're usually from some sort of, you know, genre thing with horror or, or comic booky or sci-fi or sci-fi things like that, which is classic when you get at these conventions. But I really do think that fan expo, usually it's the, you know, um, uh, Jack of all trades, master of none thing. When you try to cover too much and you don't have an identity but like fan expo has done a good job it's still just a big dork convention right and i mean that in the most sincere and genuine way like i'm a big dork and i love going to the big dork convention like um i (laughs) that's what they should call it the big dork convention i really do like i love seeing you know nerds and dorks in their element like it's just whatever you're a huge fan of like if you love cosplaying you're gonna go all out and you're gonna dress up or maybe you just do half-assed cosplay which 
which is also very funny. And like, um, so there's such a range from every angle that it's always kind of fun to check it out. And, and having Nevis, uh, come this year and help us out, um, uh, you know, she was there her first time. I said, why don't you come help us out? You can kind of look around and give it a different perspective and, and let us know what you liked and, uh, find things for us to check out and do as like a, as a producer. So she obviously clearly knew that Eric and I, and she's a big Cobra Kai fan as well. So, uh, she kind of was like, we have to go do this. Um, she saw all the art in artist alley, which kind of made Eric and I go up and down and look at every, um, you know, uh, we went to a lot of different art booths and, and we met up with our friend Ryan Hancock and stuff too. So, um, yeah, well, I don't know where we want to start, Eric. I, I mean, well, but, another uh, caveat you, I think yeah, you should add to this is that, um, and, and something that I, I don't know if you guys really, um, looked at it too much, but because also Nevis being a producer on this and, and someone that kind of introduced you to a new world of reality TV, but having oh, Vanderpump yeah. rules, uh, being incorporated into see, the and that's what I mean by like that's such an interesting thing that you wouldn't expect. Unfortunately, um, Nevis and I had to go to a bridal shower in in Oshawa, so we couldn't go to the Vanderpump Rules podcast that they had recording with Peter uh, Peter from Vanderpump Rules, who is a, a manager <laughs> at uh, Sir. Uh, sir restaurant and lounge eric do you know what sir stands for uh service sexy unique restaurant so um peter was there yeah so we weren't able to do that but that was another thing that nevis pointed out and that's the type of thing that i'm talking about where you you don't think it would like fit a classic comic con kind of thing right but they really are trying to kind of widen who they appeal to and try to appeal to everyone, which I think is, is, is really, really interesting. Uh, Eric, how did you feel this year? Because I, you've only gone, you've this, you've been a few times, right? I remember. Yeah. Well, it's, it's always been with you because beforehand I really, I, I hadn't been to a fan expo or, or many comic related conventions or anything like that. The closest I think I ever came to anything like this was you know i've been to the the pickering flea market a couple of times when i was younger and looking Definitely for certain same, things but, no 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 but no but similar but the i but the idea I get of what like you mean having, with all the markets and stuff like all the yeah. like vendors vendors and that's what it yeah the, no no vim, vim vendors, vendors. <laughs> that's at tiff that's a yes different but um that's what it kind of reminded me at least with like some of the floors where like you can go to these kind of pop-up shops and some of them are you know name brands and some of them are you know independently owned and some of them are sponsored by things like ebay uh so you can go to these places and look for things whether they be collectibles or you know trading cards or anything that kind of is sort of um you know something maybe that's specific to your interest i think there's going to be something there um, and I always kind of like that. And, and, and what you were saying before, I, I, I think the creativity of the people putting effort into their costumes or finding things that maybe you wouldn't expect to, like there was, I think my standout one this year was seeing somebody dressed up as Seymour and holding an Audrey two plant and just thinking that that was really well done. And, um, you know, the, the creativity and enthusiasm I think is infectious and, and wonderful to a certain degree, but there's also things about like, you know, if you're not a person that loves crowds, it is yeah. like you were saying, it's best to kind of go, 
early in the day on that Thursday or Friday morning to avoid it because there is that social awareness of like moving from one location to another, especially if you get it gets claustrophobic at times. Yeah. Yeah, Or if something catches your eye and you kind of want to like spend time, like actually looking for something specifically, like I was looking for uh, the brain gremlin uh, the day that I was there because the last time last year I saw one and I kind of put it off and I was like, "Ah, I don't, you know, I don't want to spend that much money and things like that. But I kind of was like haunted by, I regret weirdly. Um, so if you're looking for something and you're kind of like strolling through sections, it's hard to browse in a way because you're, you're always both trying to look for the thing you're after, but at the same time, you don't want to stand in one spot for too long because it's really hard to find a place to just kind of like situate yourself. It's, it's just a lot to take in. So I think like that is something to consider if you're not a fan of, you know, those kind of crowded situations. But I think this year it was a little bit better in terms of like, it, it, it kind of, it did, it wasn't low key, but you didn't have the screaming contest thing that was <laughs> yeah. a little obnoxious. Um, I think somebody that actually put it really well was when we were on cinema scene and uh, Shaquille was talking to us about, it's almost like weirdly paying a premium to go into, you know, the, these boutiques and these kind of marketplaces in order to pay for things that are still the same price. You know, yeah, I think I even brought that up too. Yeah. yeah. yeah, That might've been me, but like, it's, I do find that interesting because you could go to these shops when or these places and 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 not have to pay the ticket to get into fan expo and probably buy some of the stuff that's on sale for probably cheaper because i'm sure they mark some of it up right because they're trying to capitalize on people's fandoms which is totally fair i i I get that and all of these people are independent businesses for the most part you do have like the sunrise uh records and they're still even pretty independent um you don't have like a a walmart booth or there used to be an eb games booth and stuff like that where no game spot this year uh, yeah no game spot this year which is is interesting but um you do get the big companies but they're usually doing promo stuff so we did check out some of the bigger booths as well because i did find that this is the first year since the pandemic um that it's felt like more of a normal fan expo or a bigger fan expo again. Cause I did feel like last year there was a lack of like big um, sponsorships or big booths and stuff like that. Like I did feel like there was less on the floor where this year you saw Paramount plus had a big booth. Crunchyroll had a big booth. Uh, Prime video had a big booth. PlayStation had a big booth. Uh, Xbox had a booth. Um, Bandai Namco, which was there last year, but they had their toy booth with a lot of Dragon Ball toys and stuff like that. You had eBay, Wattpad, um, uh, and, and things like that. So that felt different this year. Um, you had a clothing brand called Roosevelt's had two booths, great shirts, $95 Canadian. I wish they were cheaper. Let us know if you want a you sponsorship. Know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love their shirts. It's just like whew, 95 Canadian for one is, is, is a lot, but they're beautiful kind of um, button up short sleeve shirts. So there's some cool stuff this year. Um, and then you have all kind of the normal stuff, like um, like all the independent, you know, comic books and video game shops and all the signings and things like that. So um, let's go through what we saw, Eric. So we did go to the Paramount Lodge. So Paramount Plus built a kind of a lodge setup, which is kind of like a ski lodge. Um, I love it from a conceptual point of view. Um, I like 
when these companies kind of really think out okay, let's do something big and and have like a theme or a vibe to what we're doing instead of just being like, all right, let's, we have this big spot. Let's just do something super generic and and whatever. So I like that they had a theming to it. So we went into the lodge, they give you like a ski pass kind of lanyard thing where they gave you a free week or free month of, of Paramount Plus. Um, so all you Twisted Metal fans out there, yeah, Twisted watch. Metal, Twisted Metal in Canada is on uh, uh, Paramount Plus. Um, so uh, we have this, which is the uh, I don't, if you're watching the video version, they give oh, yeah. us this little. It's thing. in focus, um, and we went into the lodge, and they had kind of photo booths or promo things for Twisted Metal, Yellowstone, uh, <laughs> which is uh, the best one, <laughs> um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Um, Star Trek, uh, it might've been discovery or brave new worlds. I've one of the Star Trek shows that they have, uh, there's a lot of them now. And then they also had, that was it. Right. And then you could go take a picture with the Ninja Turtles and SpongeBob, I think was as one of them as well. Or you could dip Um, your hands in the ooze in the um, ooze and stuff. And that that, I think was of, of that, um, section or of that booth was the most popular, especially with kids and grown-ups who grew up with the turtles where when we were walking through the, <laughs> the yellowstone yeah. section was kind of vacated yeah completely it, yeah because twisted metal and ninja turtles were more of kind of a visual experience they weren't like photo ops they you could go take your photo um with them they had like statues of all the ninja turtles and then they had like a bunch of crt tvs i think there was a little bit of a walmart sponsorship there because they had great value pizzas that had ninja turtle branding on them and stuff like that but then they i liked all the crt tvs that was playing um either action figure commercials or ninja turtle footage um they had some of the action figures lying around and 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 stuff like that and then twisted metal they had sweet tooths ice cream truck they had the sign for las vegas i think as well um and then in yellowstone you had just like a chair by a fireplace it's just basically a cabin like like the inside of a cabin which is yeah or i guess a ranch or or whatever and then for star trek it was like the bridge that you could sit at i believe and then they actually had people in i think spongebob was there at one point and the ninja turtles from mutant mayhem all four of them you could do a photo op uh with the turtles so pretty cool like it was quick but like it i i I appreciate that it paramount put the most effort into their booth this year which i i want to give them a special shout out for that i agree it kind of felt like the other uh boosts when it came to the film and television side of things especially prime amazon was 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 lacking it was it it was almost like there was nothing there the only thing that was really the big takeaway was their um their loot bags which you could just like grab a bag right yeah you know from them and and if you need to put you know whatever you're buying there it's it's free so that was about it and and you know you understand that more for like a smaller company or studio, but Amazon and, and, and Amazon prime, they're, you know, one of the biggest, um, you know, businesses out there right now, whether it be in film, television, you know, products, shipping, like mm-hmm. it's, it's like why, you know, it felt a little bit cheap. Um, it was a big booth. So to describe it, it was, um, basically they had three lanes and they had photo ops or photo booths for invincible the boys 
and the wheel of time, right? Was the third one, I believe. Um, and it was a big corner booth. Like it was very big, but once you went in it, the, the invincible one had basically like, uh, the destroyed city from like the end of, uh, invincible season one. And then they had cosplayers who were dressing as, um, Mark Grayson, invincible and, um, Adam Eve, um, and it's no, if it's, this isn't any offense to the cosplayers. Cause I'm sure they just, they either found these people or they just gave them these costumes, but like, or they're hired they, actors right? or they're hired and they're, but yeah. like the costumes that they were given and just the whole vibe of it felt very, um, it wasn't up to what I expected it would be <laughs> like, at least on the invincible side for the boys. It was it was very bright and it was the biggest, most prominent one out of the three. But it really was Vought Tower. It made it look like you were on the top floor of Vought Tower on like a basically uh, the desk, like one of the, or maybe it was the the whatever they're called in the boys. I love the boys, but I forget because it's all satire of, uh, of Avengers and, and Justice League. So the seven, I think they're called. So I think it was like their table that they all sit at, and you could like sit at the table where the seven, which is kind of like the justice league headquarters kind of thing for the boys in a really twisted, fucked up way. So you could sit there and it looks like you're on the top floor of, of that. And then for the wheel of time, they had some like trees and shit <laughs> set up or something. So like, um, I don't you know anything about the wheel of time. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and it's just the way it all looked, looked like a little bit, I like maybe when you went and got your, if you got your photo taken, maybe it looked cool. I'm not sure, but from the outside, it, it didn't, it just looked kind of like not a little cheap for a company that, you know, when Paramount's was only two booths over, right. Even Crunchyroll had a lot of circumstance. Yeah. PlayStation, which we'll get to in a sec, but like, um, it just felt like it was shoved in the corner and that it like it, I don't know. It wasn't, it's like a bunch of Amazon great. boxes that are put in a yeah. corner and just <laughs> yeah, meant to yeah. sit there for days and days or months or years. And I love Invincible and the Boys. So like it you didn't really have to sell me on either of those, but I would have liked something cool from both of those. I mean, the, the missed opportunity here, Matt. There should have been a Citadel experience. <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone was asking for. And Lord of the Rings, right? It's not like they gave up on that shit right away. Um <laughs> on either of those. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, moving on. Uh, you already brought up the PlayStation booth, so we can bring that up. Um, they had promotion for Spider-Man two, which is coming out very soon. I think in October. Um, sorry. October, we're not the, please. Um, uh, Spider-Man two PS five is coming out on. That's a great question, Matt. When everyone's screaming October 20th. Um, so we're getting pretty close. Like we're only basically a month and a half away. Or are you excited just, about it? I am. Yeah. Uh, loved uh, Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales for the PS4, PS5. Um, you know, there's been a million Spider-Man stories at this point, but I felt like they did a pretty good job of making it their own in that first game. Familiar, but still Spider-Man video games have always been fun to play, like to swing around. And they've just done like uh, Insomniac, the the developers of it have just done like a really good job to make those games really fun, uh, fun to play and swing around the city or do the missions and stuff like that. So they had a big Spider-Man 2 booth where you could take a photo with both uh, Peter and Miles in their costume 
costumes. They were just statues, but they had the big Spider-Man two logo. And it was like, um, uh, basically you could stand in between them and get your photo. They also had like a, cause Venom's in the game. So they had like kind of a Venom, like inky, like, um, a symbiote kind of fountain thing where you could walk up to it and it would kind of like uh, form around your shadow and stuff like that. It was kind of cool, but it was, we didn't really scope it out too much. And then they had the new uh, PS five Spider-Man two system, as well as the controller um, there. So nothing where you could play. They didn't PlayStation used to have a big booth where you could go up and play their new games and stuff like that. And like, like video and arcade top Um, 10. Yeah, exactly. So but nothing like that. You could go up and take your photo and look around and they had some video screens playing like the trailer on loop, but um, still nonetheless, like that photo booth, I'd prefer something like that and, and something out in the open than what we're just going to keep dump dumping on prime. (laughs) (laughs) um, So like, like we're just like Bezos, you got, you got the money, just like a little bit more to put into your fan expo booth. That's all. The divorce broke him. Let's be real. Um, Um, (laughs) he's so bad yeah um and then where do you want to go like the bandai namco booth we checked out the dragon ball toys obviously again yeah uh there were some cool spider-verse toys at the bandai namco booth um crunchy roll we didn't really go into um they had the show that they were promoting um I wasn't, it's an anime that I know a lot of people like, but, uh, I just haven't, I'm not super familiar with it. So we didn't really need to go, um, check out Crunchyroll. but I do appreciate that their booth looked bump in, looked like they put a lot of effort into it. They had like a whole, uh, it was, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen that they were promoting. And I think you could even go in and either maybe watch a preview for it. Cause it must be coming out soon, like a new season or something like that. Um, but their booth was pretty cool. Um, what else did we check out, Eric? We saw the Touchwood Lionsgate Cineplex yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> Hunger Games prequel setup and Saw 10 uh so with Billy. Billy Billy the Puppet um was there. Eric and I took some photos with Billy the Puppet. Um, they had a couple costumes from the new uh Hunger Games movie. Um uh, Tweedledee Fiddlesticks was not there to take uh, <laughs> photos with everyone. So it was just some costumes and they had like a logo treatment. And then they also had something from Expendables, but I don't even remember if I saw anything or if it was just like an ad for it or posters they were giving out or something like that. Yeah. Um, not like I, I'll give them a pass um, because it's licensed to Canadian, you know, PR companies. I bumped into my old boss, Lauren, uh, who runs um, a PR company uh, here in uh, Toronto. And um, like, you know, it, it was pretty standard of what, you know, you you need to do to uh, uh, just kind of promote some movies you have coming up. It was nothing crazy, but it was at least they had a couple costumes and they had the Saw puppet there. So what else can you ask for? I would have liked like a whole recreation of the Saw bathroom, but Hey, maybe the movie's still coming later this month. Maybe my dream can still come true. Maybe Tobin Bell, you know, uh, if it, if it wasn't for the, the, the SAG, SAG strike, strike, would have been yeah. there, you know. Yeah, eating um, some fudge and buying some power tools, Tobin we'll Bell. Get, 
Those are just, just too much. Just being like, right. I'm getting, I'm getting we ready get, for my next victim. <laughs> we couldn't get over the power tools and the uh, and the fudge. The fudge, I guess I get. You know, people are hungry. They want some candy. They want some But sugar, who eats so that like, much fudge? Like, fudge is yeah. something like you get a sample size, which is for free, and then you kind of move on. Like, I remember yeah. as a kid always or going to Niagara it, like, Falls. CNE. Yeah, you buy it somewhere like that. Like, I wouldn't expect it like a fan expo to buy some fudge. But, hey, you know, maybe it's a hot thing at these places. So. <laughs> Hot fudge um, at Expo. Um, the power tools was the weirdest one. They like promoted it as like a cosplay repair booth, like, but it was really just like selling, not even selling. I think just promoting their power tools. But then I'm not in the cosplay world either, so maybe I know when you make your own cosplay, you do need a lot of different things to like. You know, put it together. Put it together. So maybe I'm I'm just out of the loop, and these are the power tools that a lot of cosplayers use. Or maybe someone at that company was like, you know what, we need to pivot to cosplayers. And then someone was like, sure, Jim, go go for it. Let's see if that works. <laughs> His name is Jim. Um, or you know what, it, it, like the way that you're describing it, even though it didn't happen, it, it kind of would have been cool if they had like a booth within the power tool side of things and it almost was like a pit crew where like if somebody's costume like needed repairs or something they'd come in and then they'd like tune them up before they go out to you know walk around again yeah i think that's kind of what they were doing they had oh they that, were because i didn't I see know. any of that no i didn't see it but i think they had some stuff they're like hey if you need to come fix your costume you can come do it here so i think that was their whole premise but i just didn't see anyone taking part of that um uh, Disney had a booth for Ahsoka, which was perfect timing because Ahsoka premiered the day before, right? I believe. Yeah. yeah. The on first the two episodes. The first two episodes, which you guys can check out our review of those two episodes on Untitled Movie Reviews. Um, so they had a booth set up for Ahsoka where um, actually uh, for being, I don't know if it was last minute or they must have just known that it was the day after the premiere. Like I didn't know they were going to have a booth there. And um it was pretty good like it was basic but to promote ahsoka they had a lot of different props and uh costume pieces and they have the loth cat they had big highlight um yeah the lot the full loth cat um whether it was the the I don't know if it was an actual puppet or if it was just a statue kind of or like a uh, model of, of it. it model of it. Um, that was really cool. They had all the different lightsabers from the different characters in the show. So you saw their hilts. Um, you saw Sabine's helmet. You saw some costume pieces like it was set up. It, it was, again, very simple. And it reminded me of like when I went to um, that theater um El, the El Capitan in in Los Angeles, where whenever you go see a screening there, whatever movie's playing, they have a lot of the real costumes and different things from that. So it reminded me of that. Um, pretty well, well even done. the lighting within the yeah. in the cases, I thought was nice and it was kind of super slick and yeah, very specific, obviously to that one show and that one show only. But at least it kind of it, it was like you're saying it was hitting at that right time where it was like, okay, people are just having watched those first two episodes and it's fresh in their memories and it's something that's happening now. So it kind of felt like of the moment and people kind of were, I think, kind of caught up in that. And also just when you see something that is kind of adorable like that cat, it's just, it's, it just adds something to it, I think. Absolutely. Um, so 
Then they also had like a 360 photo booth where they would give you, I think, two lightsabers, like Ahsoka's lightsabers, and they would do one of those videos that circles around you really quickly. Uh, Eric and I, not big photo guys, are waiting in line for things, so um, we did not um, do the We didn't get soaked. Photos. Um, the eBay booth, Wattpad, pretty standard stuff. Like um, eBay being there every year is, is interesting. I don't know if they do like live auctions or something like that, but we don't really hang around um, that booth too, too, too much. Um, there was a Stack TV carnival. Stack TV in Canada here is like a, I think kind of like a streaming package you can get, which gives you some cable channels here in Canada, like global and things like that. So they were promoting like Survivor and uh, I feel like a few animated series and things like that. So it's kind um, of a little cross section of stuff because there's a lot of syndication shows that Stacked kind of has. Um, I know this because every time I go over to my grandparents, that's the stuff they're watching. Yeah. Um, it's like showcase it's like HGTV and, like, and yeah. showcase and like all those kind of Canadian versions of some uh, of things that play a lot of either repeats or just kind of um, home and garden stuff and, and, and some reality TV, I think, is on there as well. Um, so, yeah, and that was kind of like the main uh south building because it's always retro kid as well right was there retro kid was there which they go with the roosevelt set yeah nothing there this year that i i think they were launching a sesame street um uh line so they had cookie monster and elmo there at one point um you could never forgive elmo um (laughs) cookie monster (laughs) is great still yeah yeah uh other than that I think that were like the big things, right? Like Xbox's booth was mostly a uh, uh, kind of like a, I don't know if they were doing much like PC game pass kind of thing. Um, And then the retailers, like I was looking for a copy of Mario RPG, but couldn't find it for a good price. Nevis bought some great art. Uh, She bought a sailor moon print, um, which is like modern, like, uh, you know, Sailor Moon, like if they were living in 2023, um, which I think was cool and from another great artist as well. Uh, and then in the South bu- or the North building, our friends at Layered Butter had a, uh, a great booth where they were selling uh, their Studio Ghibli Legend of Zelda poster. They were selling a Twin Peaks. Uh, it was a Twin Peaks The Return or just Twin Peaks in general. I think it was um, the. I think it was a little bit of everything, but there was yeah. a lot of return stuff, and then they also are celebrating their Wes Anderson um, line that's kind of coming out now, and I think that's the next um, magazine or volume as well. So yeah, it was kind of cool seeing them there because like of how big they've gotten over the last couple of years and and how the curation of their work has really drawn a lot of attention um on the just the art side of things yeah no i they're doing great stuff over there they've taken the you know what mondo is doing but putting a you know you know shout out to mark weingust and the and everyone over there we know mark because we bump into him all the time at stuff but um they're great over there so like love seeing them kind of do their thing and um and get bigger and bigger and bigger so yeah i think that was the main stuff on the show floor right i don't think i got a pizza slice at one point it was decent classic <laughs> um anything yeah else i mean there's thing? there's the, there's the signing area which is in in the back which we're not again we don't really ever partake in any of that stuff but like once you kind of enter sort of that main hallway and and room you kind of see like okay it's a little bit 
front loaded with some booths and um, some retailers and 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 uh, vim vendors, uh, and then you have in the background um, sort of that sort of a grouping of, of, of lines for, for panels or, or not panels, pardon me, but for, for signings, photo ops and yeah. signings, which if you guys, Anthony never- Michael Hall was there. Yeah. I saw him evil did yeah. not die that night. Sadly. Um, yeah, it's, it's always fun. Cause you, if, even if you don't want to pay for an autograph or a photo, you can kind of walk by the autograph area. So if you're just looking to get a, like a glimpse of someone, if that's something that you care about, you can just walk by the, the autograph part and there'll be lineups and for autographs i believe you just walk up to their line and you can pay when you get to the table and then you can also pay extra for like a selfie if they're doing that you always have to pay though so uh and then you can actually buy a photo op and and nevis and i were playing a fun game when we got home after the first night where we were playing higher or lower for people's photo ops. So like we were guessing how much, (laughs) how much they were charging people to take a photo with them. Never really been my thing. I don't judge anyone. If you want to make sure you meet someone and get a photo with them, it's your money. It's your disposable income. Do whatever you want with it. I'm not judging you. Like, you know, it's not my thing. (laughs) Like I just celebrity. I think both of us, Eric, we, we gladly have a conversation with someone, whether that's officially for the show or unofficially, just if you bump into someone and say, Hey, I'm a big fan of your work and talk to them for a bit, but we're not ones to get photos or autographs. So, uh, if that's how you want to spend your money power to you, but not really our thing. Um, I think we can pivot then to the one panel we did go check out, um, which I'm glad we did this year because last year we just checked out the show floor. There wasn't, you know, much that we wanted to kind of go see. And the one panel we wanted to see last year was the Cobra Kai panel. And they all had to pull out of Fan Expo last year because I believe they were still shooting Cobra Kai at the time or they were promoting the new season, right? Well, that's the other thing that happens a lot during Fan Expo every year is that you'll hear talents be announced and then you'll get a lot of maybe the bigger names or people that are working more steadily canceling last minute. And that almost becomes a joke in itself. So that happens a lot. So I think like if anybody's going based on just like, you know, meeting one person or getting an autograph signed by one person, you kind of have to have your expectations in check based on like, okay, well, anything could happen at the 11th hour. And that's just the way it is sometimes, yeah. especially, well, e- even this year in particular, because I-, I think one of the most fascinating elements of of going to this panel was seeing how these three actors were going to talk about a Netflix show and not talk about the show in any capacity because they are SAG uh, actors they are a part of that union and that union right now like the writers guild is on strike so going in there and seeing that like i was thinking to myself okay you know it's it's one thing to talk about yourself or your interests outside of film and television or the work you're doing but how can you sustain that for you know, 30 to 40 minutes and, and, and kind of feel like you're getting your money's worth because, you know, they didn't open it. I I don't, this is, this is the first panel I've been to for, for fan expo. And really, I think ever outside of like, you know, Q and a panels for, for film festivals. And so the thing that I noticed right away, or like when we were talking, uh, you Nevis and I were, we were thinking like, okay, like what's this going to be like if they open this up to the floor? Because, you know, it's one thing to control 
it on the stage, but if you open it up to the audience to come and ask it's a question, impossible. Yeah, yeah. So they they didn't have that uh, th- with this panel anyway. I'm sure not. They probably just closed it for all of Fan Expo. I'm assuming. So yeah, we we went to the panel for Cobra Kai, but really it was just a conversation with Ralph Macchio, William Zad. Zabka and uh, Yuji uh, Okamoto. So, yeah, we went thinking, going f- partly fascinated of being like, well, what are they going to talk about? Because we weren't sure what the rules of the strike were, where we're like, okay, can they talk about things from the past as long as it's not about Cobra Kai? So maybe they could talk about karate kid but then we're like no karate kid was for a studio that's one of the struck companies so they probably couldn't talk about that they're like are they only going to talk about william zapka's oscar nomination for his short film that he worked on um (laughs) which was not brought up once but um andrew uh fung who uh, is from kim's convenience and run the burbs uh he hosted uh the panel and he uh brought the three gentlemen out nevis was very excited to see william zapka in person who wasn't um which i was as well um and then we we sat through this panel which i'm with you eric that i'm not comic-con i'd go to the hall h panels i went to comic-con one time in san diego and hall h was a lot of fun but then that was always a mix of you know, here's some new footage. Here's an announcement. Here's the people from the movie who come out for a couple seconds and talk. And then there would be like a short Q and a at the end or something like that. Um, but yeah, they scrapped the Q and a for this and it was just a conversation between Andrew and the three, um, uh, gentlemen from Cobra Kai. Um, but not talking up, about Cobra Kai. <laughs> yeah. It ended up being, um, you know, almost like, you know, three, four friends shooting the shit just about, it felt like a podcast like, really yeah yeah it really you did, know dudes right? being guys just hanging out talking about sports restaurants um their lives in general like ralph macchio kind of opened up a little bit about like his son working for uh the, the new, new york, york islanders, islanders. Yeah, um yeah. see i not a sports guy so that was a lot of the conversation or you know like there was a kind of fun but also like you could tell like it was it was a little bit like you know uh yes or no kind of thing and um who's you know, the most it, likely to blank or whatever yeah yeah and and i really loved william zabka's dry um reactions to things like it just he's he's a very kind of he seems very comfortable uh and just kind of having a casual conversation whether it be on a stage or a seemingly i think in person even like it just kind of felt natural to him where i think ralph macchio specifically there were times where it felt a little bit more mannered or maybe he was thinking in his head where like okay he even mentioned it a couple times where it's like i i feel like i'm on like like dancing on a landmine a little bit and and like there were certain things where he had to pull back a little bit more even when he was talking about um you know, like the, the, the ebbs and flows of, of having that kind of career where there are times where, you know, you're not working for long stretches. And I think this is a way of like him talking about the strike as well, where, you know, you, you don't have that support really. And you kind of have to find different avenues in order to sustain not only yourself, but your family and, and sort of, you know, finding new ways to kind of, uh, you know, reinvent yourself or, or have that downtime. They talked about having been in Toronto before or having shot in Vancouver before things like that. That was kind of like the pandering to the Canadian crowd in a way. Um, but yeah, it was, it, I, I think it was as good as it could have been. And it still was worth 
our time. And I think it still was worth the audience's time. And maybe like they felt more of a personal connection because they were sharing stuff that was not like deeply, deeply like it was, it was, you know, small talk, but small talk in a way that kind of felt sincere because it's like, okay, well we only have this to talk about right now. Yeah. And all three guys are very charismatic. Like, you know, I, uh, you could tell Ralph Macchio passionate about his family. Zabka was very funny. Um, Yuji talking about how his love for sneakers and his, this restaurant. I thought it was funny. He kept bringing, it was like a plug for his restaurant. Every time that he would speak about something, he has a, I guess a, a restaurant in Seattle. Um, and yeah, it was an engaging conversation. Like I don't, it was kind of a nothing conversation and I don't think it was like necessary, but I think to your point, they did the best with what they could, right? Like they danced around things asking me like, oh, in previous work or, uh, yeah, on set. <laughs> Redacted. On that, like, yeah. On, <laughs> on a show I worked on or things like that. Like they wouldn't talk about specifics about anything, but they did dance around certain things of being an actor or, you know, fight fight sequences versus dramatic sequences. Um, so they did talk about acting. They did everything they could without specifically mentioning. I work on Cobra Kai or, or, yeah. um, or, or endorsing anything kid. that's yeah. film or television related within their careers. They kind of kept it as, um, neutral and as broad as possible when it comes to just their own lives. Like even William Zabka talking about his love for music or, you know, you, you had this conversation just with these guys kind of, you know, talking about knowing each other over the decades and what yeah. that means to them. And, and I think that's why they were so comfortable together because even though probably they didn't spend like every waking hour, but they've probably seen each other enough over the decades at conventions like this where they, especially now working on Cobra Kai together. Right. Yeah. So like it might've been that they talked about that gap in between like, you know, karate kid and, and Cobra Kai of, of, you know, without specifically talking about the gap between Karate Kid and Cobra Kai um, of what they tried to do in the, in the, in the dark times, I think William Africa called it or something like that, or the, yeah. I forget what he called it, but, but that also goes um, to the protest element of it, right? Where like, yeah. that's them kind of advocating for the strike because, you know, like I'm sure there were times in their lives where they needed residual checks or extra money that would have helped them. And they probably weren't getting it from, you know, obviously streamers were really weren't around at in in the late 80s early 90s or in, in the mid 80s but you had major studios like sony that were probably still making tons of money um off of those karate kid films even after the fact as you know people were renting them at video stores and they were being re-released on new formats like blu-ray and dvd for the first time and um finding a new life even before you know, YouTube kind of came around with it. So, you know, like I'm, I'm sure like those guys probably could have benefited from, you know, that money. And like, even just like the restaurant stuff again, I, I think that that's just kind of interesting where it's like the, the pressure to be not only an owner, but a cook as well. And to be the head cook um, was a conversation that I felt actually added maybe a little bit more. If you're thinking about becoming your own uh, restaurateur or something like that, where that conversation kind of made you feel like the stress of it. And I, you know, if you watch the bear, or if you've watched any cooking show, it's like, you can yeah. only imagine how, um, serious that is, especially if you are a, a smaller operation. Yeah. And I, I think these guys don't take any of that for granted to like, for what you were saying too, is like, you know, 
Yuji um, Okamoto, um, you know, had not necessarily had to, but, you know, after, you know, he worked not maybe super consistently, but he popped up in things here and there um, consistently from Karate Kid Part 2 to today. But it was one of those things probably being like, well, I need to pivot. Like if I'm not getting uh, a ton of roles or, you know, sometimes there's a lot of actors that that's not their main source of income. Right. And that's to your point with what they're fighting for is like, they love doing it, but they have another job because it's not like, not everyone is a, you know, super mega movie star that makes a ton of money. Right. Like he popped up in stuff like he was in Truman show and Pearl Harbor and, uh, inception and, and, and things like that, but in, in small roles, but, um, he obviously went and started a restaurant and that was his main probably source of income. So I think it's even interesting now him coming back to Cobra Kai and was a guest in a couple things, but then a recurring character, you know, probably in these last couple seasons, um, you know, him having more consistent work in the acting realm. And that's what's interesting about Cobra Kai is like a lot of the people from the Karate Kid franchise, they were just known for the Karate Kid, right? Like, yes, they might've shown up in other things, but you know, a lot of these people, they're going back to them after however many years it's been and being like, I know you haven't really acted much, but would you come back and, and reappear in this show? Right. Um, which I think is really, really interesting. So some of that lended to the conversation without specifically calling out, um, you know, the strike and well, they, they did talk about the strike, but not like, uh, the shows that they, they all work on. So I definitely, I'm glad we did it. Uh, I had a good time. I think me, you and Nevis like laughing along with the conversation. Um, uh, I'm definitely glad we, we did it. Cause there was a part where we we're like, ah, oh, are we going to stick around? It's later in the day. And it made me really curious of how like the screen panel went the night before and some of the other big panels where, people couldn't talk about the things that they work on. Right. So, yeah. Um, I, and I guess this is the only, hopefully the only opportunity you're going to have where that happens. So you're getting something a little bit different. It's not just plugging a show that they have or something like that, even though that conversation is interesting in itself where you can kind of get into the nitty gritty of making the show favorite moments, things like that. But um, hopefully this writer strike will be done and an actor strike will be done uh, by next fan expo. So this is kind of a little, you know, flash in the pan. We got to hear an interesting conversation. You might not get otherwise that put a silver lining on it. Of course, pay your writers, pay your actors end this fucking thing. But silver lining, it was an interesting conversation. You might not be able to hear otherwise. Yeah. And you just kind of felt like, Oh, this is, this is something that in any other year you wouldn't get. But on top of that, you kind of felt like, okay, they are trying to give you something. Like it's not just simply they're phoning it in um, or they're just kind of like reading off of a script of things that they've been like, I'm sure they were told like beforehand what they can and can't talk about. And maybe they even like rehearse it in their mind to keep a, a, a mental note of things. But it did feel genuine when you kind of got these three guys kind of like the, the conversation going. And I think it's also just because they've known each other for so long that it's, it's easy for them to kind of just almost feel like it's just a hangout kind of vibe in a, in a way. And I think that also kind of adds to 
even what the show is about in a way, because I think some of the best stuff in the show isn't necessarily the fighting or the staging, even though that stuff is a lot of fun and ridiculous and over the top. I think sometimes the, the best stuff in there is the the inter-character connections and the dynamics between people in terms of their relationships and the, the character work in general. And you could see that camaraderie in these three guys as they were kind of having this conversation and um, it didn't feel phony uh, again ralph macchio kind of felt a little bit more um almost parental in a way yeah where he was yeah. like he was trying to keep like a he little was, bit he, more reserved right like philosophical but also trying to be like the guy that was like steering the ship and making sure everything was okay where like the way that like even william zapko was just kind of like hanging out there was very chill um but like all three all three of them were really lovely to to hear their stories and and I think it just made you appreciate the work without them talking about the work because again y- y- what you were just talking about there's like William Zapka you know is an Oscar nominee and and has gotten work before Cobra Kai he was in um How I Met Your Mother in a few episodes here and there but you know these but guys was about karate kid as well <laughs> yeah yeah it's all tied to it and and it's unfortunate because william zapka we keep talking about him this way it's like he's become such a great character actor on cobra kai and i was hoping that somebody and maybe it's just because of the scheduling of the show or maybe he's just not interested but like somebody would use him in something in an interesting way and and it hasn't happened yet the way that like you've seen certain actors that are really well associated with certain roles like someone like kyle mclaughlin who you know pops up in one of steven soderbergh's best movies with high flying bird something like that where it's like it's nice to be reminded that one they're good actors in the roles that they've played before but maybe they've kind of created something new within something familiar but then also it's like hey you know these other directors like these guys are still out there doing their thing use them for something you know and and it and it's not just simply gimmicky stunt casting either yeah i hope maybe once cobra kai is done which we have one more season which who knows when we'll get that now i think they were shooting it or about to start shooting it right as the strike happened um so maybe when that's done i i hope we see someone give zapka something with a little meat on it even if it's an ensemble piece like you're saying like where he pops up in a smaller role but like is uh, something where he can kind of sink his teeth into it, like seeing some auteur director kind of jump in and, and give him a, a bit part, I think um, could be really fun. And who that person will be, it's probably someone who's a fan of <laughs> the Karate Kid or Cobra Kai, but um, I'd love to see him pop up in something. Or maybe he'll do something, like direct something or write something after, right? Like he co co-wrote and produced that short right that's what he got nominated for so and he talked about a little bit too that he was passionate about creating things and and wanting to direct and write so like (laughs) william zapka's pool man (laughs) i honestly dude like i hope once he's finished with cobra kai and he's made some coin he's done you know five six seasons of that show now so i'm sure he banked a, a, quite a bit of money especially when it went over to netflix i mean it was well a, you would hope so i um, mean i think that's part of what the actor strike is too right to get yeah. that proper um payment and and those residual checks and yeah you would hope so but you can also see like maybe he's not earning the kind of money he deserves 
Yeah, but I forgot in How I Met Your Mother, he had like a recurring role, right? Like yeah. it was like almost like a whole season. He well, there was an episode up, with right? him and Kyle McLaughlin. That's why I yeah. mentioned Kyle McLaughlin as well. Where like oh, you get he was the captain, right? Yeah, yeah you get captain. typecast in a role that people will always associate with you, and then you kind of fall off the wayside for a while. But then you have a new generation of fans that grow up with the thing that you were best known for, and then those fans grow up, and then they become filmmakers or producers and they remember you and then you know you get like it's like it's it's like quentin tarantino right where you know tarantino throughout his entire career has casted people that he grew up watching that's i'd love to see zabka pop up in a tarantino well that's why you see people like you know pam greer or the late great robert forster in jackie brown it's because he grew up with those movies and so there's got to be a filmmaker either now that's in their 30s or 40s that grew up with you know, the karate kid films and has seen Cobra Kai and knows that this person's out there and still good and actually is doing some really solid nuanced work within, um, you know, something that is very familiar, but he's also just very funny. I think he, he has really good dry wit and comedic timing. So I agree. So that's fan expo. I think that, uh, will wrap up that conversation. I always have a blast every year. I really highly suggest you give it a shot if you've ever been interested or if you're worried about crowds and, and, and certain things like that, the hot tip is if you can get in, in that preview time, I know, I think it's only for the people who have the ultimate packages, like all four days. So that might be uh, an issue, but Thursday is usually a pretty good get- day to go. Like it was a little bit busy. Um, um, probably for that reason, maybe because other people were trying to do that Friday evening though, is the hot tip. Like it's open until 9 PM, I think on Fridays. And if they continue with the same schedule and I felt like when we started to walk around around five, 6 PM, like after the panel, um, it was pretty good, right, Eric? Like it was, there yeah. was like a lot of room to walk around and it, but like early on Friday, it was pretty busy as we were walking around and then I'd avoid Saturday. And then maybe if you popped in on Sunday, but any of those days, if there's someone there that you want to see a panel for, it's worth it. The booths themselves are just a lot of fun. Like if you're not a comic book person or want to, you know, spend a ton of money that you can still walk around, explore the booths. Like, um, there is a lot to do and you're not going to see everything, right? Like there are other fun things. I, I used to love going to the sketch duels where it was two comic book artists against each other and they'd have like the overhead projector, like you used to have in school and they'd be driving, drawing on them and they'd each draw the same character and then you would choose a winner. Right. And they would talk about their careers and stuff as they were drawing. Those are awesome to go to. We didn't get to do that this year, but those were always a blast. So, um, yeah, I, I really think if you're interested, like I, Eric and I are going to cosplay next year. My wife and I might cosplay. So, um, <laughs> God, we're it, going through with this, aren't we? It's it, it's going to be fun, and I, I I really do like going. And so, if you're in the Toronto area, uh, try to go to Fan Expo, or even in Ontario, people come in. Or if you want to go to a different convention, like Fan Expo has other ones that they do as well. Um, but then also like Comic Con in San Diego. Like if if you're into this stuff. It might seem overwhelming, but if you can't afford to even just go one day, like I really do think you're with your people and you can talk to anyone. Everyone's pretty friendly and like people watching is amazing as well. So uh, definitely say go check it out. 
Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Um, you know, like we don't dress up. So I think like that's something that maybe, you know, with with the exception of maybe next year. Um, We're going to do that, like the laziest costume. but like, Yeah, that, you know, maybe you have to take more consideration in terms of like staying hydrated and things like that, because it does get a little hot in, in there after a while. Good so water we, refill stations, though, I will yeah. say. I refilled cold water. That's all I want in these things, because half the time you like refill your water at the airport in those water bottle things. And it's like piss warm and you're like this is awful but cold water in the water refill stations at the uh metro toronto convention center so yeah um eric do you want to quickly like we we're right on the hour mark so we can wrap it here but tiff is in the next couple days why don't we talk a little bit about stop threatening me stop it um (laughs) you're about to do your package redemption i did mine this year this is really inside baseball because most of the people listening, I mean, we do have some press colleague friends who do listen and stuff like that. Do we they? Jesus. We appreciate you. Um, or I, there I'm sorry. Are people. Shut up. Um, <laughs> uh, but this year was interesting with the redemption. Like I found it, it. Tiff is in an interesting spot, right? Because the bell is, we haven't talked about this. Like bell is leaving as the major sponsor after this year. Um, they've had a couple high positioned people leave the company, you know, a COO, a co-COO leaving. Uh, you had another COO or CEO leave in the last couple of years before that. So there's been a lot of change, um, sponsors coming in and out. Um, and then this year I'm even noticing on the press side of things that, you know, with ticket allotments. So if, for people that don't know with our press badges, you can go see press and industry screenings, which are just on the schedule. You have a badge and they scan your badge before you go in. And those are unlimited. You can go to as many as you want. It's first come, first serve. Whoever gets there first and gets a seat, you get it. And once it's full, sorry, it's full. Um, But they also give you 10 public tickets, which you could use for public screenings to add in your schedule. So you don't have to see everything at Scotiabank or Lightbox. Lightbox is amazing. Um, Scotiabank could go to hell. In previous years, that was never an issue. I think I never had a problem. Like the odd time, if you were trying to see a movie um, at a smaller venue or you try to get tickets after your redemption much later, like you'd get turned away. But for the most part, Eric, even you with your industry badge, like we've, we've never really had an issue, right. Of, no. of redeeming tickets. It, it's always been like, yep, we got it. Yep. We got it. Yep. We got it. Which that is a very, I'm very happy. We're privileged and um, that that's been amazing. That's a first world problem. Um, if there yeah. ever is one. Well, this is a first world problem that I'm talking about, but this year was di- different in the sense of, it feels like the press allotment, is much less than it was in the past. And that might be them going, we can't give away this many quote unquote free tickets um, to public showings, especially premium showings where they can sell those tickets upwards of, I think they're selling them 50 to $75, right? For a premium ticket. So um, what I assume is that there's just much less allotment this year. Cause like I went through and picked my movies today, uh, had to do a panic, pick because you know a lot of the stuff i wanted wasn't available so i kind of just panicked and picked a bunch of movies i did get a lot of stuff i do want to see we'll just probably be seeing it either having to go to a pni or seeing it later in the festival which you know in our industry being first is a important thing right because or being one of the first people because it's a form then, of entitlement though 
It is, but it also for people who want to build their audience and you want people to listen to our show, Eric, like it, it is important sure. to get it out as soon as you possibly can, right? Like you, you want selfishly for us to be successful. You want to be one of the first people to see something, but I'm, I'm going back on that for me and you we're also like, you know what, if we see it during the festival and we're not one of the first people to talk about it, that's also okay. The people who want to listen to us will listen to us. And if they want our opinion um, on it, they'll come to it. But I also understand what you're talking about because that's very much what a festival is, right? It's about the first people that get to see something and kind of make a claim on it or make yeah. the, 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 that final verdict being the first verdict and sort of, you know, setting the stage of, how maybe a, a movie will be perceived moving forward or yeah. will they get their name on, um, you know, uh, on a poster or uh, on an ad or a TV spot or something like that, you know, as, as Matt tries to slap a fly, I believe, or a fruit Should've fly or some, some sort of bug. Like karate kid reference. Yeah. And, um, and so that's a part of it as well. Like it's, that's the one part I'm not the biggest fan of because it does feel like it is, a game at that oh, point. Absolutely. I'm with you and it gets yeah. exhausting and like, I don't want to be part of that, but also subconsciously I do because I do want our, I do want to be one of the first people to talk about something because that I do think you want the hits. Yeah. You, that's how people who aren't familiar with us will get, you know, they're searching on YouTube or they're searching on podcast services and they go, Oh, they have a review for the boy and the heron or, hitman or next goal wins or whatever so like but then you get to a point where i'm like you know what i just want to see the movies we'll talk about them people will either listen or they won't and that's fine with us like yeah it's it's i still think you know people will be looking for people with varied opinions on these movies throughout the entire festival so um it's just different which is totally fine um if you want our whole thoughts on the festival lineup, you can go listen to that long ass episode we recorded a couple weeks ago. But um, it's just, it, it feels a little different this year when it comes to the redemption, but it is what it is. We'll see in 40 minutes if it's a graveyard <laughs> when you, if you, when you go in, or they'll be like, yep, we actually opened up a whole bunch more tickets. Here you go. And like, I'd be very curious to see. Um, you know, what's available when you pick yours, but I'm excited for the festival nonetheless. And like, I did get, you know, there's only maybe one movie that I won't be able to see that I really wanted to see. It was probably up there in my most anticipated. And I don't think I'm going to have a chance to see it, which is a little bit of a bummer. And it it's, doesn't have, it has a Canadian distributor, but it doesn't have an American one yet. So in the American one's obviously going to take the lead on when it gets released. So it could be a little while before I see it, but, uh, and that's Hitman, the Richard Linklater movie, but I'm going to try to make it work. Like who knows, but, uh, right now it doesn't, it's not looking good. Like that's, and there's always one of those. Like I remember going back even to, um, each tiff, I kind of have one of those movies. I feel like where it's like, I wanted to see it, but it just didn't really work out. And the one, God, the Clint Eastwood movie with Matt Damon. Uh, Hereafter? Hereafter. I remember that being one that I really wanted to see. Um, and it only, remember at TIFF, it only had like one screening. Do you remember yeah. this? Like, yep. And uh, I remember being really disappointed that I didn't get into that screening. And then there's always one or two of those each TIFF. So I guess Hitman might be that one for me this year. So 
Yeah, and and you've got a lot going on um, coming up soon. So you're also juggling the festival and other things as well. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're 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 putting yourself through the ringer a little bit as as well. So you know you're making it work as as best you can, and I think that's all that anybody could ask. And you're not accountable to anybody but yourself when it comes to this show. You know, like it's it's we're we're not answering to some sort of um, boss or corporate figure telling. Telling us you need to see all of these movies and you need to have reviews at these deadlines or um you know you need to have these kind of oh, ways of writing yeah. ways of writing reviews or kind of um you know the way that people sometimes write reviews in in terms of like capsules and things like that so you know like it's it's nice to not have that stress but you do put it on yourself as well because there are movies that you want to see. And I think this year I'm kind of relieved that if there's some problems, which I'm sure there will be come six o'clock uh, once, once I go through my uh, redemption window. Um, but I rather it be this year than last year. And even though we had problems last year, it was not because of, um, you know, the availability. It was just more of a technical error where this year it does seem to change. And I, and, and I don't know if it has something to do with bell leaving in, in terms of, Tiff trying to redeem profit themselves in a way where they'll be selling more of those critic tickets, maybe that were allotted for press to the public so they can make a little bit of additional money to, um, you know, counterbalance what they're losing post uh, Tiff and what they'll probably be looking for in, in the interim. And I keep thinking about that joke you made where it's like, you know, uh, the Tiff Taco Bell light box where it'd be perfect because they could keep the bell part in there. That's what I so. mean. You just got to put a taco in front of it and you're good. Um, yeah, man, we'll see. I don't know. Like, um, we're not going to talk about any specific things we've seen. Uh, we've seen about 10 films each. Um, we're going to save that for the individual reviews that we're going to be recording over the next God, I don't know how we're going to do all this, but um, we'll do it. We'll, I like the on-the-fly recording and uh, that we do during the festivals, so it, it should be fun. I am looking forward to it, even balancing everything that I'm balancing. And I, I said this, that it's a good year where if you listen to our preview show, blimp. where I'm like... Good year blimp. Uh, I'm, I'm not... I, I'm excited for the festival, but there's not like that one movie where I'm like, oh my God, if I don't get that i'm gonna be devastated like the boy in the heron was probably that i did get a ticket to it there is a press screening that we can try to go to um and i mean it's we again these are first world problems there are a lot of people who want to go to this festival and buy packages or buy single tickets and i know how much of a struggle that is too i did that for years and years leading up uh i i had a facebook memory the other day of uh, the year that there was Black Swan and um, uh, what was the other ticket that was on that image that I sent? But I, and then I had the old paper package where you had to fill it out on paper and and send it in and drop it off. And like I do miss those days a little bit, but those were hell because you had no tiffer, you had nothing like that, and you had to write your second, third choices, and everything needed to work out together. So I know that hell as well. So it's ticketing is going to be tough no matter where it is. So, um, you know, hopefully you, you get to the movies you want to see. If not, remember, it's not the end of the world. There, a lot of these things are, you know, have distributors and are coming out. And as I get older, I'm like, eh, it's okay. I'll see it later. And like, I'll see it like at the end of the year, it's fine. Like, I just want to have a good time during the festival. And it seems like we have some open nights and stuff, which is kind of nice. Cause we can't go to many, 
Like I remember last year they gave us 20, didn't they? I think so. Yeah. And uh, I feel like we were at public screenings every fucking night, like two or three of them. Right. So like. Especially in 2019. Like I felt like by the time we got to the end of 20, the 2019 festival, we were just like running on empty. There was a point where we were, we were recording, you know, uh, reviews for Ford versus Ferrari and uh, a hidden life, the Terrence Malick movie. Um, And it just kind of felt like we were sitting in the, um, uh, the intercon, no, not the intercon hotel. The um, what's the, the lobby one that's of E one or whatever? No, the, or what was like... the headquarters for for TIFF? Hyatt, the Hyatt. So we were sitting in that like corner that's like that office downstairs. Yeah. It's where like the restaurant is in the bathroom. And I just remember sitting on the chair thinking like, oh god, when is this gonna end? And I can yeah. sleep. <laughs> I love it though, man. Like, yeah, it's. Uh, but if we have some nights free, that means hang out, record. Maybe, get some food, uh, just some like food, some yeah. drinks and stuff like that. Pace so yourself be, a little bit yeah. more. I'm excited. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll have a buttload of reviews dropping over the next two weeks, probably three weeks. It'll probably go into the week after TIFF and stuff like that too. Um, we'll try to spread them out as much as possible because we know we want uh, you know people to not be overwhelmed. But we're going to try to keep them short as well. But it's Eric and I, so short means could mean anything (laughs) it could mean could mean 10 minutes could mean 45 so who knows it just depends on the movie um but thank you all for listening or watching we really do appreciate it uh please go check out our other show untitled movie reviews where we have reviews up for bottoms um ahsoka gran turismo um other things uh so go check those out uh one-stop shop for everything head over to letterbox which is untitled underscore movies and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. and i'm eric march and you can find uh more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinema scene there's a new episode uh coming very soon which has shaquille lambert and matt Rohrbeck uh talking about the fall festival season what a surprise and the strikes that are going on right now but it quickly turns into an all-out sawfest it's sodomacine um and it's Fun, but like you all- said sodomy scene. <laughs> sodomy <laughs> scene. <laughs> um, it, it felt like that a little bit on my end, um, but it was a lot of fun, and 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 I thank you and Shaq for for doing that. But um, once I once it's out there and broadcasted, I, I'll send it out. It was nice getting back into the studio again. It it, it, it had was, been yeah. almost three four years, so doing something in person and just talking to two people. Um, on a makeshift set was kind of nice um, instead of just always doing it like this, which I just smacked my mic. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, that's the kind of stuff you love the most and, and social media wise, you can follow me at EM6211. We have tons of social media sites for, um, for untitled as I well. Know. That you There's can too find. many now you'll find us everywhere. We're on yeah. X. I'm on, we're sort of on threads. We're, you know, we're, at we're not on Mastodon. Uh, we're, we're rough we're coarse we're everywhere we're keeping it raw um, and real uh until next time <laughs> keep it raw fudge and, and power tools baby <laughs> bye everyone <laughs>